Welcome to Welcome to the Hollowell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 3, Episode 14 of Charmed. The good, the bad, and the cursed. Okay, can I just say I love this episode? This was a pretty good episode. I mean, it has such a... I don't want to say bad premise, but... It's Prue goes to cowboy times. It was pretty ridiculous, but also, like, pretty enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, well, it's a it's a Prue-Cole team-up episode, which I love their dynamics so much. Because, you know, it's the classic two people who don't like each other being paired off together. Yeah, yeah. And, God, I, I really regret that we lose the Prue-Cole dynamic so quickly. And I know they kind of give Paige the whole mistrust of Cole thing, you know, just because they need someone to have that role. But, mm-hmm. like, it, it doesn't really work as well. Uh, just want to throw out here that this episode was directed by Shannon Doherty. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. She directed three episodes. I believe this is the second of the three episodes that she uh, directed. Was it, was the French Stewart Genie one of them, or was it the one before the French Stewart Genie? It was Genie? the French Stewart Genie one. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Yep. But, I mean, that's not... That's not on her. She didn't write it. Or cast French Stewart, presumably. <laughs> Which, by the way, nothing nothing wrong with French Stewart. It's just tonally, it was so weird. Yeah, because they couldn't really seem to figure out, like, is this guy a serious threat? Is he a sympathetic character? Is he just, like, a fun goofball? Like... Because he, uh, he he nearly gets Prue murdered, and then he's like, oh no, I didn't know you were going to murder her when I, you know, tricked her into becoming a teenager with no superpowers and then left you alone in a car with her evil warlock dragon guy. Okay, so not to, like, rewrite an episode that was 15, 15 episodes ago at this point? Because mm. it was the season two finale, right? Yes, it was for some reason. So not to, like, present that rewrite here, but... The casting of French Stewart would have been interesting if they had had him play... Oh, wait, now I am coming around to direction. If Shannon Doherty had directed him to be kind of sinister, because it would have been unexpected and interesting. Yeah. Sorry, um, Shannon Doherty. Maybe he's got a, like, Kevin Sorbo thing where he can't ever be the bad guy. And I guess he doesn't, because he was in Community as basically the bad guy. The guy who was a French Stewart impersonator before he got too old. Yes, I love that, by the way. Also, uh, Kevin Sorbo was the bad guy in God's Not Dead. Yeah. yeah He's the I guess... evil atheist who beats up his girlfriend and makes and makes his students claim that God is dead, and then he gets hit by a car, but it's okay because at the very last minute, uh, he's, he, he, he's converted. he repents, yeah. Well, I mean, at the last minute, he converts, so... But, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's the Christian loophole, right? That, that's a Protestant loophole, by the way. As a Catholic, that's, we don't, we don't, well, you know, someone who was raised Catholic, we don't have that loophole. Uh, uh, I thought that was what confession was. Is that not what confession is? I mean, I guess you have to do something to make up for your sins after confession. I mean, you have to do the penance that the priest assigns you at confession. Mm. But, uh... They just make you say stuff, right? Like a priest won't make you wax his car or whatever. I am unaware of a priest making anyone wax their car, but they can be like, you have to do community service. I mean, usually it's like 10 Hail Marys, yes, but they can be like, you know. You have to do community service specifically for the church? No, no, like you have to make amends for what you did. Yeah. For what you confessed to. The thing about, uh, the thing about Protestants is Protestants believe that 
there is no way that you can be a decent person, right? We are only allowed into heaven via the grace of God. So all you have to do is ask for the grace. Whereas Catholics believe in a combination of grace and works to get into heaven. Mm. So that's why you have the Protestant loophole where at the very end you're like, wait, I do want grace. And then you get it just like that. I was thinking more of Andromeda, where Kevin Sorbo's character was the most perfect man ever who could never do anything wrong and was even better than men who were genetically uh, altered to become perfect. I just... Man, Andromeda. Like, that show is just... And doesn't he end up... I, I only watched a few episodes of it, but doesn't he end up being like an angel or something and having like angel powers? I only watched the first couple of seasons, so I... Uh... I do not know if that is what happens later. I'm just going off between Andromeda and Hercules. Kevin Sorbo only seemed to like playing men who were perfect at everything all the time. Yeah. So, Charmed. I'm sorry, we're so off topic. We weren't even talking about this episode of Charmed. We were talking about the French Stewart Genie episode. This episode is much better than that episode. Yes. So, the episode opens with... God, I recognize this car from being a child in the 90s. I know. As soon as that car drove onto screen you when we were watching this episode, you were like, time freeze, time freeze. Uh, not to. Not spoiler alert. Premonition. Oh, no. We're using our powers all over the place. <laughs> but Phoebe's dad and his 90s ass car have driven Phoebe to a ghost town he's thinking of buying. Yep. Okay, I, I guess maybe for his company, maybe his company is going to invest in ghost towns. Okay, so as you know, I'm still kind of like working out this this theory I have that I, I want to kind of flesh out. Mm-hmm. That every story at its core is a real estate story. Well, here it is for you right here. Yeah, right? So this is this is a real estate story. He wants to buy the land and he brings in he brings in Phoebe as a paranormal property inspector. Hat tip to Jenny Nicholson in her uh video about the amazing uh What is it? The worst reality show ever or was that the one for the uh The worst reality show is about it, it was about that like future people versus past people reality show yes where they made some people live in a cave and eat fish heads and they let other people live in a nice house with actual food and then the people who lived in the nice house with actual food won all of the challenges because they weren't starving in a cave yeah no the one i'm thinking of was the video she made about paranormal home inspectors and yeah the, i was trying to that remember one the was name called, of that i believe that one was called the worst ghost hunting show of all time right i knew it was the worst something of all time and i was like that's kind of a reality show Jenny Nicholson has good videos. So. Yeah. Anyway, so Phoebe's like, that's not how my powers work, Dad. I can't just walk into a ghost town and see if there are bad vibes. Oh my god, there's so many bad vibes here! <laughs> okay, so, I, I don't know, I wish... I feel like Phoebe should be practicing her powers and, like... In the first season, she was practicing so that she could get premonitions on demand. Yeah. Again, not to harp on this, but... The uh, John Cho ghost episode, she worked as a hotel psychic, and she was actually using her powers on all those people. Mm-hmm. She, uh, she had a premonition of that woman gaining weight at a Weight Watchers meeting, which is, you know, probably not the best use of your gift. Yeah, diet culture's toxic enough without bringing magic into it. Anyway, she sees she sees a fight in the saloon, like the two, two ghost men fighting, and one of them gets tossed, like, right through her. 
and she has a split lip now, the same as that guy did, right? So she is suffering the injury that that guy had. I like how uh, New Dad is just like, he brought her specifically, you know, to sense psychic phenomenon and see if this is going to be a good investment, uh, because apparently this place has a reputation, a spooky reputation. But, like, as soon as he brings her there and she starts seeing ghosts, he's like, what are you talking about? I don't see anything. Uh, Come on, Victor. Also, I love how Phoebe's powers are expanding in a way that makes them actively worse. Like, she sees a ghost. The ghost gets knocked through her. This is a ghost she's developing a psychic connection with. Mm -hmm. Okay, but this isn't an expansion of her powers. As we will learn, this is because this guy, that the ghost of this guy... He had the same kind of power she did, so their power, like, resonates together and connects them. It's not an extension of her power. It's just, like, she has a deep, sympathetic connection to him. Like she did with the succubus in that one episode where she inexplicably became psychically linked with the succubus. Yes, exactly like that, except this makes more sense. Yeah, because they're both at least psychics. Maybe the succubus was a psychic before she gave up on love and became a testosterone-eating demon. No, I, I think that, I don't think it's that she was a psychic. I think it's that this show keeps wanting us to think that Phoebe's story is about giving up on love, even though it's obviously not. Whatever. So, uh, back at the manor, Piper is setting up for their wedding. The wedding is happening. Everyone get ready. It's going to be the Piper and Leo wedding. Hopefully Prue won't do anything to make it all about her. Hmm. Well, maybe she got it out of her system when she got married last episode. Oh yeah, that's true. She did totally steal Piper's thunder. But, uh, yeah, they're setting up the dinner table for a pre-wedding, uh, dinner. Yeah, I think it's, like, the rehearsal dinner, because now that Victor's in town. Hmm. I thought Victor moved to town so he could be in the show more often. I oh, mean, you're right, he did! Last episode he said that he was moving to San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Or the last episode he was in. Anyway, Leo shows up and Piper's like, Leo, don't ruin the table i just got it set and everything needs to be perfect and leo's like everything's gonna be fine as long as demons don't come into the house and it's like what's wrong with you leo are you new what and phoebe bursts into the room and she's like ghosts ghosts attack me and now my nose is bleeding and piper's like thanks leo so leo immediately goes to heal phoebe because that's like his job and phoebe's like hey dad wait outside because apparently victor does not know that leo is a white lighter Oh, yeah, we, we kind of skipped over it a little bit, but uh, Victor was grilling Phoebe on Leo, and he talked about how much he likes the fact that Piper's marrying a normal human man and not a magic freak. Yep. Which, Jesus Christ, Victor. Also, like, I feel like which mortal weddings are kind of the norm. Like, I mean, granted, we haven't seen a lot of witches outside of the family, but... Yeah, I mean, who else would you marry? Yeah, this is before they were just casually dude witches. Mm-hmm. So, um, Victor, you know, leaves, and then he comes back in with all of these, like, plat books and maps and, and deed and, and property records for the ghost town so they can go through it and figure out what the deal is with the ghosts. And I just want to say, um, that's basically what I do for a living. That's my job. And my, my, my day job. My, my normal job. Mm-hmm. And uh, remember that meme from a few years ago? The like, what what other people think I do? What my yeah. parents... Okay, so this is, this is what I think I do. <laughs> so, Victor goes off to take Leo for one of those, you know, oh, if you hurt my daughter, I'm gonna shoot you with my gun. 
I don't know why I put it on an accent for that. It, it's a region non-specific awful dad thing to do. Oh, except it's even worse than that because he's not even like he's not even like don't you know the stereotypical. He's like, now I want to warn you about something. Because my daughter's a witch, she's gonna have a white lighter. And white lighters are terrible! They are definitely gonna have sex with your wife! He says they're worse than demons, which is pretty messed up considering the fact that your, I guess at the time, ex-wife was murdered by a demon. Yeah, but she had sex with a white lighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's... The the gender the gender politics of this are, are terrible. Ugh. <laughs> Just the fact that he describes... Hey, your wife might sleep with a coworker is worse than your wife getting demons and warlocks are constantly trying to kill them. Uh, I just uh, okay, so uh, it's no, it's terrible, and yeah, it's like I I get I kind of get the you know witches and white letters are by necessity very close together, and. Their powers do literally require love to work. It is they, not the best situation. They have a bond that you can't understand. But, I mean, come on. Respect that your daughter has some agency. She's she's not going to cheat on her husband, you know. She's not, she's not destined to cheat on her husband just because you couldn't satisfy her mother. Hmm. Hmm. I was going to say to be fair, but not particularly to be fair... Piper and Leo do briefly split it up, and she very, very briefly dates a fireman. But, like, that's not really a... No, no, that's not... Yeah, yeah. So, back at the manor, the sisters are going through all the property records, and... Phoebe notices that she's got a bruise. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, this is not my favorite thing. I don't, I don't, I don't care for this. I, I like to just... See horrible things happen to other people and then have that be it. Right. And Prue notices that nothing in the property records goes past 1873. Mm-hmm. And immediately jumps to the correct conclusion that the town is in a time loop. And then she flips open the Book of Shadows to a page about time loops. I want to go back a little bit here to the season one finale. Mm-hmm. When uh, they were fighting Tempest, the Demon of Time, and expressly could not find anything about time loops in the Book of Shadows. And I believe literally said the lines, there's nothing about time loops in the Book of Shadows. Maybe they wrote that page. Huh. Well, Grams does keep flipping back to it. You think maybe once they encountered it, it just kind of filled in like a Pokedex? Because I don't really think they, uh... Maybe Phoebe? I don't know. No, no, I'm I'm gonna guess that Phoebe, I'm just gonna say, I'm throw out there, I'm gonna say Phoebe put that in there. Because that's, I mean, that's the deal. Also, you remember that the Book of Shadows does magically get thicker over time? Like, when it first, when, when, uh, Melinda Warren first started it, it was like a very thin book, and now it's like a big, thick book, because it keeps getting magically added to. Hmm. So, yeah, I think that, I think that there was, like, magical assistance to it, but Phoebe, like, put that in there, but, you know, with magical assistance. Yeah. Not, like, not, like, later when she tapes Cole's photograph to the, uh, to the Balthazar page. Yeah, I, I, I feel like it is kind of a combination of, like, their ancestors just writing in it when stuff happens and the book just kind of naturally growing over time. Yeah. 
So actually, I, I like that there's a time loop page in there because they would have put the time loop page in there. And they reference that they dealt with this with Tempest and they're like, but Tempest is dead. And if I know one <sighs> thing, it's that, well, right. But also, if I know one thing, it's that only one demon can have every power. That's the rule. God, even in this episode, also, Tempest wouldn't need to be alive to do this. It just would have meant that he did it in 18-whatever. Yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Okay, okay, so Cole shows up with flowers at the front door, and he's just, he's just oh, like, Oh, it's Hi. so great. Like, like, nothing happened. Like, he didn't try to kill them for a year, and, like, they didn't think he was vanquished. He's just like, hey, I'm just here to court your sister. And Prue's like, hey, why don't you leave before we murder you? And Cole's like, pro, he says that he's not going to use his powers against them and that he's going to stop using his powers altogether because he's going to suppress his demon side and just be a good human. Oh, that's not how that should work, but... Eh. Also, they're like, you can't be good, you're a demon! And he's like, but... Half demon? Yeah. I mean, so basically it's what we talked about last time. Yeah. Yeah. Evil is something you are, not something you do. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Yeah, so they're getting ready to kick Cole out when Phoebe has another premonition of the guy that she's psychically connected to getting shot. And, uh-oh, now she's shot. Yeah, I... This is not helpful, psychic-wise. It's not a prem... Uh, this is what I'm saying, though. This isn't a premonition. This is a psychic connection to Bo. Bo is the guy's name. Bo, yes. So, we go to commercial, and when we come back from commercial, we're... We're back in the diner. Back in the crowded diner that's full of people. Where Victor is grilling Leo and also warning him about how terrible white lighters are. Seriously, he was telling him about how bad white lighters are because they're gonna steal your woman. It's all like, you and the guy she told you not to worry about. God. And then we went back to the manor, then we had a commercial break, now we come back and he's still going on about how terrible white lighters are. And Leo's like, I don't know, I heard that they were, like, good guys who like to help people. And Victor's like, yeah, that's just their line. That's just the line they use to get into your house and sleep with your wife. So then, okay, this is one of my favorite moments, I think, in all of Charmed. Mm -hmm. Because the elders call Leo at this point, and he's just like, oh man, Victor, I am so sorry about what I'm gonna do right now. But, um, bye. And then he orbs away. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it might be one of the things where he can psychically feel Phoebe's pain or whatever. Oh, of course, yes. It's I said it was the elders, but no, it's because he feels that Phoebe needs his help. Yeah, yeah. But he just orbs out in the middle of a crowded diner right in front of Victor's face. Oh, and Victor's like, Victor's so pissed. It's amazing. I love it. So Leo orbs in and he sees Cole and he's like, what's he doing here? And they're like, don't worry about it. Phoebe got shot. And... Leo's like, does it have anything to do with the demon who's standing over there? And they're like, no, it's, it's a whole different thing. But it turns out that Leo can't heal the gunshot. Because Phoebe is not actually injured. She's just psychically connected to someone who's injured. Yep. So she'll die if he dies, but the healing can't go the other way through. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah. So... Cole comes up with a suggestion because they can't just go to 
where Bo is because Bo's trapped in sort of this separate dimension. Like, apparently being stuck in a time loop takes you out of the current timeline and kind of shunts you into a side timeline. Okay, so you know what this episode is weirdly a better version of? What? The Buffy episode with the... Oh, where she gets stuck in the shop over and over again during the time loop? No, no, with the teacher and the student who were having an affair. Oh, yeah, the one with the ghosts. The, uh, I only have eyes for you. Yes. Um, this is a better version of that. Because... There's no creepy teacher-student thing. Oof, yeah, yeah. Um, but here, Phoebe is, you know, being forced to live out Bo's time loop just the way that in that episode of Buffy... Various people are being forced to live out in a loop over and over again the murder of that teacher by that student. Mm. So, um, but this is, this is better. I don't even know what's happening, Max. This charmed episode is doing a Buffy riff and I like it more than the Buffy episode. What is even this episode? Well, I think the main reason you like it might be coming up right now because Cole's like, hey... So, it turns out shifting dimensions is one of my, like, thousands of powers that I happen to have. And I've been using it to evade demons, and I could probably just, you know, zoop you into the time loop so we can find Bo and fix him up so my girlfriend doesn't die. Pru's like, A, not your girlfriend. Phoebe is not your girlfriend. She's your ex who you were only dating to try to murder us. And B, I thought you weren't using your powers anymore, so you'd just be a regular human. And he's like, well, I'm teleportation doesn't hurt people, bro. Yeah, also, plan, he's like, plane shifting isn't like a power power. <laughs> I mean, that's not a great excuse. It's definitely a power, but... He's also like... He's also like... Look, I know that I was dating Phoebe so I could get close to you and kill you. That's the way it started. But... It became real! That is not the argument you think it is, dude. Yeah. So, basically, they explain that Leo can't just go back in time and heal Bo, probably because it already happened. Well, Leo says it's because the elders won't let him work with a demon, which, really, really, that seems like just a really bad out for this. The elders won't let me... I mean, you're technically going to be on a mission to heal Phoebe. Like, yeah. this falls pretty firmly under your white lighter thing. Also, I mean, Bo is not... Bo, Bo is possessing of magical abilities and is, is good. I mean, he's basically also within your purview. Yeah. Why didn't Bo have a white lighter? Well, because he uh, he's part of a different magical system. Oh, that's true. He's not technically a witch. We'll talk about this. It's not... I'm not sure how I feel about it. Yeah. It's not super... I I don't know. So I went on... Well, I went on a deep dive to decide how I feel about it. Mm Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that when... uh, Yeah, when it comes up. Bo's Native American. Just, I don't think we mentioned that. We did not. We did not. Bo's Native American, and there's some very... uh, Era-specific... Native American in media tropes here. Okay, you know what? I'm just gonna t- I'm just gonna talk about it. Okay. So, um, I actually read uh the transcript of a keynote presentation on the depiction 
of indigenous people in pop culture throughout history mm-hmm. that was given by the actor who portrays Bo because he is also a professor. Mm-hmm. He's also an academic. He's like badass, by the way. He very much is. I- I'm not saying his name because I don't want to spoil the premonition. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, he and he talked about how he talked in that keynote about being called into audition for roles that he described as like the weird stilted language and the kind of mysticism and romanticization of kind of the the native cultures the native cultures which is what we have here so it's like it's not it's not the worst thing ever like it's it's not it's not every native american superhero ever having like animal telepathy for no reason yeah yeah but you know it's and it's a world where lots of different people have magical powers so yeah it's like you don't want to well the thing that makes it awkward is the stereotypical way that Bo is presented to us right like i don't want to say oh because there is because there is a stereotype of like the native you know mystic no indigenous person can portray a magic user that's ridiculous but you know he this this is this falls well into like cliche stereotype territory yeah it's it's one of those things where i keep wanting to say it's not as bad as other stuff but like it's not great but like also you know again I feel like Bo's not really an active enough character in the episode for us to really say anything. Like, the one thing we really know about him... Two things we really know about him. Uh, He's against this evil guy taking over the town. Mm -hmm. And he has vague psychic powers. Right. And then he inherited them from his, his father. Yeah. Who's possibly the crow that's been following Phoebe around all episode. It's definitely the crow. Okay. So, I mean, that, I, I, I spoke with such certainty, but no, my, my theory is that it's the crow. Yeah, it's it's not great. We didn't mention that, but there is a crow that's been following Phoebe around. Yeah. Which does give this episode a cool witchy feel, which it doesn't always have. <laughs> which is bizarre because, you know, it's a show Witch about show. witches. Kit Watch 2020. We haven't seen Kit in a while. That's true. I'm sorry, it would be Kit Watch 2022. It's been so long since we've seen Kit. <laughs> so cole is like okay fine look i'll just take care of this myself if uh if sparkle boy won't come with me and Prue's like no 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 i don't trust you to take care of this situation by yourself what if you do it all evil i'm coming with you and she like grabs cole's arm and he's like okay and he shimmers into this different time loop like he did that really easily yeah because he can he can jump between like vibrations of reality um i want to point out something really quickly go ahead prue is wearing a backless shirt which normally isn't worth bringing up except for as soon as they teleport into the past cole pushes prue against this like ramshackle wooden building and i'm like oh my god he has to have just scraped up her back so much okay i was actually gonna bring up her backless shirt Mm-hmm. I, it's really weird. It's a very like early two thousands uh, shirt where it's 
the front is like a long sleeve shirt and then there's just literally no back it just ties because he's like okay we better find some some local clothing and get changed right away and yes absolutely but also instead of having to go steal clothes off a clothesline which happens in between scenes Mm -hmm. i feel like you should have given prue a second to throw on a t-shirt and jeans before you went back in time and yes she probably would have had to steal a jacket and a hat or something but you know she could have not been wearing a bright pink backless polyester blood shirt i want to point out prue grabs hers off a clothesline cole explicitly takes his off a dead guy Mm-hmm. He sees a dead guy being dragged down the street. And he's like, "Hey, nice duds!" And Prue's like, "Oh, you're so gross. I'm gonna go steal clothes from a you know clothesline because it's not like I'm be totally screwing someone over doing that." Also, when uh, when they walk into the saloon, the clothes that she's wearing are like she's wearing a cowgirl outfit. She's wearing a cowgirl outfit. And he's like, "I think you should have taken that red dress." And she's like, "No, I don't want anyone thinking I'm a prostitute." Is what she says. Which, geez, Prue. Way to judge people. So they go into the saloon, and Prue tries to order moonshine, and the the bartender's like, What are you talking about? And then calls, like, whiskey. And then he tells Prue she's been watching too many movies. And I'm like, I'm sorry. This whole episode was written just based on watching westerns with no understanding of the actual era, so maybe you should calm down, Cole. I do love... Cole seems to be having a fucking ball here. It's great. Yeah. Like, Prue's like, I don't trust you, Cole. Like, we're working together to save Phoebe, but I don't trust you. And he's like, you can trust me. I'm a good guy. See, I have a white hat. And Yes, he does do that. <laughs> it's very cute. Cole seems very invested in his new role. It's interesting how Cole has, like, no concern over Phoebe. Like, he's... Not because he's not concerned about her, but, like, it doesn't even cross his mind that they're not going to succeed on this mission. Okay, so this almost bothered me for a little bit. I know this is one of the less consistent rules about time travel here. Both Prue and Cole have their powers. This is not time travel. Yes. It is a time loop. So it exists in the present. So they have their powers. Because one of the big rules of charmed time travel is that you lose your powers if you go back to a point before you were born. Unless you're Chris for some reason. Yeah. It's weird that that is one of the fairly established and very often followed rules, except in the season that deals with time travel. Well, that's because then it it just became too complicated. Plus, we'll talk about this when we get there, but I remain convinced that they did not know who chris was when they started writing him oh god no no the piper son thing was a definite retcon but anyway some bad guys burst into the bar you can tell they're bad guys because they're wearing black hats yeah and they talk about how this is their town and they shot the sheriff and they also shot the deputy and you know now every everything belongs to them and they're looking for the one guy who's standing up against them. It's the uh, Native American guy. Although they say that he's half Native American. Yes. That's weird. No, I. It doesn't come into the plot at all. It's a very odd thing. Yeah, it is pretty random. But uh, this, this bad guy, I, I kind of admire the style here that he went to the newspaper... <laughs> and attacked everyone there and printed up a newspaper 
for the evening edition say that that this guy was gonna die like that's how he decided to break the news like that's so extra so the guy's sister is uh Bo's sister Bo's sister is hanging out at the bar and he's like so you better tell your brother goodbye because i'm gonna kill him kill him until he dies from it and Bo's sister's like yeah whatever dude yeah oh by the way the reason he's after Bo is because Bo's the only person who's resisting him taking over the whole town it's vague it doesn't matter yeah Bo is the last bastion of holdout from this guy. Just, I guess that was just a thing you could do back then. You could roll into a town with like four dudes and be like, this is my town now. Everyone has to give me gold or whatever. Mm-hmm. So a guy gets stabbed in the hand because he does. And then Prue runs over to treat the wound. And then the, the gang of bad guys are like, hey... You don't know who you're messing with, little lady. And then she kicks everyone's ass and shoots. And does some sharpshooting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I kind of thought Prue didn't have her powers for most of the episode until she used them, uses them right near the end. Because she shoots a lot of people, non-fatally, but apparently she's just really, really good with guns. And she's doing, like, trick shooting, too. Like, not just pulling out a gun and aiming it. yeah. Yeah. See, they were going to physically fight her because she's dressed like a man. They're like, I don't normally hit women, but since you're dressed like a man. And then, you know, trick shooting and kung fu fighting. And someone in the background's about to shoot Prue when Cole pulls a gun on him. And he's like, yeah, you might want to rethink that. I, um, I mean, I like this scene. It's fun. I, I don't, I don't really care that Prue magically, magically knows how to use guns. I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. Honestly, I would not be... Prue does kind of strike me as the sort of person who might be really into guns. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we haven't seen anything about that, but yeah, I, I would believe it. I, it fits her more than the photography thing. Yeah. I was going to say, we haven't seen that in forever, but I'm pretty sure it's the plot of the next episode. It involves the photography thing. I thought the next episode was Piper and Leo's wedding. Oh, you're right. It is. You're. It is. I was thinking it's... um. I was thinking it's Death Takes a Hallowell, but it's not. That's a couple episodes from now. So, Bo's sister comes up to Prue and Cole, and she's like, Wow, you kicked all of their asses really easily. If only two other people in town stood up against them, we could just make them all leave. If only other people in this town had guns, this would be a non-issue, but... Yeah, you know what stops a bad guy with a gun? Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I know. It's terrible. Anyway, uh, Prue tells Bo's sister that they know that Bo's been shot and they, they want to help him. And she's like, yeah, I know. He told me you were coming. Because he's psychic. He's got the gift. Which, eh. It could be worse. It's it's generic. It's... I mean, I, I think Drusilla had the gift in Buffy. Like, it's a pretty generic way to talk about vague psychic powers. So, eh. So she goes to uh, bring them to Bo because Bo, you know, is shot and is not doing great. And she's got three horses because... Because Bo told her that two people would be coming. Yeah. I figured that if you rescued that lady, then... Yeah. So... To, to, to make a Princess Bride reference. So Prue tells Cole that they're doing this mission her way, which means that he can't kill anyone. She's mad! pulling a gun on the guy that was about to shoot her 
Yeah. Even though she totally shot the people who were trying to shoot at her. Non-fatally, though. I mean, come okay, on. Okay, but the... here's the thing. Yeah, yeah. In a time, like, without access to antibiotics, there's no such thing as, oh, it's okay, it's a non-fatal shot. Not saying that necessarily you would always die from a bullet wound, but you can't be like, oh, it's okay, it's a non-vital organ. Okay, so there's a movie that I used to watch a lot when I was in high school just because I got the DVD for, like, five bucks at Walmart. Sure, sure. Uh, I don't know if you remember it. It's called The Mexican. It's a movie... Isn't that, um... Isn't that a Robert Rodriguez movie with Antonio Banderas? No. No. It's it's a movie starring Brad Pitt and I want to say Julia Roberts. Okay. That's pretty random. Go they, ahead. They're like this American couple who got hired to find this gun in Mexico. And the gun's called The Mexican. Mm-hmm. And it supposedly has magic powers. It's like a rom-com drama movie. It's not very good, but I it, spent almost no money on it sounds pretty terrible but there's a bit where uh brad pitt's trying to get a guy to give him information he's like well i'm i'm gonna i'm just gonna shoot you and the guy's like well if you shoot me then i can't tell you where the gun is and he's like well then i'll just shoot you in the hand and he's like yeah you know how i'll bleed out and die almost instantly if you shoot me in the hand and then you know he's like okay the foot and he's like no seriously do you not know where all the major arteries are it's true and also, even if you... <sighs> they're like con men, so it's supposed to be like funny because they're way over their heads. Mm. But yeah, no. Those those guys that Prue shot died of sepsis the, the next week. Hmm. She just shot them in the hands to knock the guns out of the hand. Oh, okay, so it doesn't count. So, Leo takes Piper to the ghost town to see if she can pick up on any vibrations or anything. I... Okay. So they go into the saloon because, you know, hey. That's where everything goes down. That's where people get shot. They've all seen cowboy movies. And there's a, the, the crow is watching them. The crow's like, ah. She also, she says to, she says to Leo that if they don't save Phoebe, there won't be a rehearsal dinner. And while that is true, that's what you're concerned about. So... Leo finds the newspaper, like... Yeah, the newspaper that says Bo's gonna die at sundown, that, uh... That, that the bad guy got printed up because he's extra. Yeah, and Leo's like, I have a feeling that Phoebe only has until sundown to live. Okay, okay, so... This is the day, the day they're on is the day that all the records stopped, right? The latest records were only of this date. Mm-hmm. And... So, Prue and Cole went into this time loop thinking that they would have until midnight because that's when the time loop would reset. So they thought because, you know, that's the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And when Piper and Leo find this newspaper, they're like, oh, no, they actually only have until sundown. But the paper was printed as a threat ahead of the death of Bo. So I don't know I mean, why they're taking it as fact. I mean, they don't know that. They just know it's a paper that says someone died. No, it says... To die. To oh, die. Yeah, right. <laughs> Whatever. It doesn't matter. They think they think they have till midnight. They actually have till sundown. That's the, that's the gist of it. Meanwhile, Phoebe's dying. Poor Victor. 
I mean, I, I'm glad we have new dad for this, but he's like, I'm not going to let anything bad happen to you. And Phoebe's like, I really don't feel like you have a choice. Also, you're the one who brought me to the ghost town and didn't even give me a heads up what you were doing. Yeah, so this is kind of your fault. And Victor's like, shh, it's okay. Daddy's here. He's like, I want to know what's going on in your life. Tell me what's happening. And Phoebe's like, I'm dying. This is seriously like Alyssa Milano's uh, swan song. Emmy real. Oh yeah, no, she is. Uh, she is le- acting in this scene. She's fine. She's she's good. I feel bad for Phoebe. I don't want her to die, but yeah, she is doing a lot of serious acting here. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Victor does not know how to handle this situation. She's just... he's like he's like I can help. I'm your father. I know stuff. I've been around. And she's like. All right, you brought me to a ghost town. A ghost infected me, and now I'm dying in time with his death that happened back in 1873. Is that the year I said? Back in 1873. Uh, Victor's like, okay, I don't actually have an answer to this. Leo and Piper orb into the room, and Leo's like, we found out when Bo dies, and we need to get that information to him, so... Phoebe, we need you to have a premonition of what's going to happen to Bo so he can see it and then stop it from happening. She needs to send a premonition to Bo. I like that. I I like that kind of answer. I I mean, honestly, I know that they kind of play around with this but don't end up actually doing anything with it later. But getting the ability to share her visions with others would be a really good way to kind of power up Phoebe. Yes. Yes. I mean, honestly, just kind of cycling her into more general psychic powers, but, eh. Back in the time loop, Cole's like, you know, Prue, you don't have to be so nasty. It wouldn't kill you to be nice to me. And she's like, you literally tried to kill us. Phoebe was nice to you and it almost killed us. And Cole's like, I'm good now. And Prue's like, people don't change. That's like the one thing I've learned over the last three years of demon fighting is that people don't change. Uh, and Cole's like, look, you should have vanquished me back, back, back in the crypt because that would be the only way you could keep me from trying to win back Phoebe's heart. And Prue's like, okay, I will fucking vanquish you. And then Bo's sister is like, can you not right now? Because we have bigger issues going on. My brother still wants to confront the guy who's murdering everyone. The guy who's, what would you call him? A bandit king or? Sure. Let's go with that. Yeah, Bo's still gonna go confront the Bandit King because he's got this weird idea that people are good and if he stands up to him, then the whole town will too. So, uh, Prue and Cole show up and, uh, Bo's like, What? These are not the people I had a premonition about. These two people are obviously no help. Weird. He's got premonitions, he knows. So Prue and uh, Cole are like, we're here to help you. And Cole's like, but specifically because you're psychically attached to my girlfriend. And Prue's like, she's not your girlfriend. But no, but this is good because he doesn't trust them. And they're like, look, you don't have to trust that we want to help you. Trust that I want to save the woman I love. And okay, okay. So Bo says to Cole, he's like, you have an aura of evil around you. Just like 
the the bad guy his name is Sutter the bad guy's name is Sutter yeah he's like you have an evil aura around you just like Sutter does and because of that I thought that Sutter was also a demon but you pointed out to me that nothing in this episode indicates that he actually is yeah I mean he's defeated by Prue I mean shooting him so that seems to indicate that he's not a demon yeah so but but I thought that that's what that was I thought that's why they had the same aura yeah that would have made sense but no, it's just because Cole's evil naturally, and this guy's evil because he's a douche. Yeah. Which I guess is also naturally. So Bo's sister tells him that if he dies, the whole town is going to get cursed to live in a time loop. And Cole and Prue decide to make him feel safe opening up to them by showing him that Cole can also shimmer. Mm. That they are magic too. So Yeah, so he can he can talk to them about magic. I think it's interesting that he's afraid to talk about magic because he's afraid that, you know, they'll they'll burn him at the stake or something. Yeah. And this entire conversation is happening in a destroyed church. Hmm. I, well done. Like, well, well done. So, meanwhile, Sutter, the evil guy, the bandit king, is yelling at his minions because he needs them to find Bo because he doesn't want his newspaper title to be inaccurate. He cares, he cares about, uh, journalistic integrity. Yeah, so the guy whose hand they stabbed earlier, I I said they shot the sheriff and then shot the deputy, but I think this guy was the deputy, and he was, like, not really standing up against them after they shot the sheriff, and now he's straight up just giving them information. Well, yeah. He's the guy who got his hand stabbed, right? Yes. So he's like, yeah, I, uh, I know where they are. But back in the church, Prue's like, okay, I am going to pull the bullet out of you. And uh, it's not always best practice to pull out the bullet, especially if you don't know what you're doing. But anyway, Prue uses her telekinesis to pull out the bullet. I guess that would be like the least, uh... Well, at least you're not sticking a dirty instrument into the hole and making everything worse. Yeah, I think it's probably the most hygienic way to get a bullet out. Yeah, as long as you're not going to make the wound worse by pulling it out yeah but like i don't know actually i feel like crew's never really been great at really precise telekinesis but <sighs> anyway Bo, we, we cut we flash back and forth between Bo and phoebe having the same vision of of Bo's death and we see the crow watching everything again mm-hmm. and Bo's like oh okay maybe y'all are on the level so Back at the manor, Phoebe is freaking the fuck out because she actually felt herself dying in the premonition. And she's like, okay, I was aware that I was dying, but then I actually felt like I died. And then I came back to just feeling like I was dying. And oh my god, I can't handle this. I am like 22 years old. I am not ready to die yet. That happens in uh, Morality Bites too, doesn't it? Where she actually felt herself burning to death in the, uh, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. saying, poor Phoebe. Yeah, Phoebe, uh, that's weird. I don't really think of Phoebe as being a character who, like, dies that often, but she's had some pretty brutal ones. Yeah, yeah. Also, she was the only one who remembered the time loop episode, and she died in the first two time loops, so the original one. Oh, oh, oh. With Tempest. Yeah, yeah. Huh. You know, Tempest should have just quit when he was ahead. Like, I know! You've already destroyed the power of three! Like, granted, it sucks that Prue's still alive and she'd, you know, probably be really pissed at you. 
or whatever, but, like, you you took away the power of three. I feel like she she really wouldn't have a defense against upper-level demons at that point. Yeah. God, the system's really balanced against the forces of good, right? Like, every upper-level demon needs a power of three spell to vanquish. Well, I mean, the system's balanced against the charmed ones. Hmm. I don't know if I'm gonna call them the power of good. Anyway, in the manor... Victor is, like, yelling at Leo. He's like, do something! Isn't it your job to do something? And he's like, no, actually, my job is to support them. They're, they're the ones whose job is to do something. Mm. He's like, Prue and Cole are going to take care of it because that's their job. And then Phoebe says that Cole will absolutely not let her die because he loves her as much as she loves him. Oh, I love their relationship. It is pretty great. I wish she didn't send him to Super Hell later. So, the men are coming for, uh, Bo. The evil men. The bad men. The black hats. Yep. And, and Cole's like, so do you want me to just, like, kill them? Or, and Prue's like, no, that's not how we handle these situations. Yeah. Yeah. So, she doesn't want Cole to, uh, teleport Bo out because... Somehow, even though he'll live, that won't break the time loop, even though his death is what creates the time loop. Yeah, the town has to stand up for Bo in order to break the time loop. The injustice that was done when they just let Bo get killed in front of them needs to be undone by them not letting Bo get killed in front of them. Oh, you know what? I said it like it was confusing, but now now it actually makes sense. Like... People from outside the time loop can't can can influence it, but they can't break the spell. They can't break the curse by using magic to change the outcome. The people who were there in the first iteration have to behave differently. Yeah, by the way, Bo is figuring this out because Prue's like, Prue says that we can't just teleport him out, but she doesn't really have a follow-up when Cole's like, why? And Bo's like, oh, I get it. And he explains the whole thing that... It's not his actions or Sutter's actions that caused the time loop. It was the betrayal of the whole town. And mm -hmm. I'm kind of assuming the crow probably had something to do with it. Yeah, I mean, he says he says that the, that the curse was basically his father cursing the town's people. So, yeah. 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 So, Bo's like, look, I know that I died when I went to confront them before, but... Maybe that won't happen in this incarnation of the time loop. And he opens the door and a bunch of doves fly out. Like, this is a John Woo movie or something? It's it's so ridiculous, honestly. Like, where did those doves even come from? It's so weird and amazing. It's, like, so out, over the top. Yeah, he comes out in slow motion, just surrounded by doves. With, like, with like hero lighting, it's it's quite it's quite a thing. And then, and then we immediately, like, we, that's the shot of him coming out, and then we cut to him being dragged into the town square, and it's just the, the difference between him walking out all glorious and then him being dragged down Main Street is, uh... It's a lot. It's stark. So, Sutter's men shove Bo down, and they're like, okay, so we're gonna just whip this guy to death while you all watch? Which is, by the way, what Phoebe was experiencing before, and it's, it's coming back now yeah it's it's grim so S sutter is whipping Bo to death Bo's sister runs up to stop them but prue holds her back 
And then I don't get how this is supposed to work with the whole like, you know, they're they can't they can't break the time loop by interfering but if they give a giant speech then that somehow doesn't count as interfering a giant speech that convinces the townspeople to help Bo. yeah that doesn't count because you know Bo's getting whipped and he's like ah it's okay i have faith in you i believe that you won't let me die and everyone in the town's like oh i don't know about this and Prue's like no you need to protect Bo because he's the spirit of your town and he's the spirit of the Old West, and he's a true soul, and it is the duty of those to protect the whatever, and to even together the weak can be strong and do good stuff, and good stuff will happen to you, and you won't get stuck in a time loop. Yeah. I mean, that... Yeah. Yeah. And then all of the townsfolk realized that they had guns the whole time. Okay, so there's an economic principle called the first mover problem, mm-hmm. which is what this is. So the first mover problem is if you, the first person to pull their gun has to think that everyone's going to follow suit, otherwise they're going to get shot. Yeah. So first mover problem. Yeah, the uh, bar owner pulls his gun and shoots Sutter's gun out of Sutter's hands, and then all the rest of the townspeople pull their guns I, I know it seems ridiculous because, as you said, they all had guns, but it, it it's it's true to human nature. Yeah. I do love how everyone in the town was just waiting for this. And Sutter grabs Bo's sister and he's like, hostage situation. Wait, never mind. And he just shoves her away and hops on a horse. <laughs> he realizes that he's surrounded by people with guns. Yeah, she's not a great meat shield if you're surrounded on literally all sides. So I mean, I guess, I guess he does, he does get people to hesitate just long enough that he can hop on his horse and take off. But then Prue is, like, chasing him down on her horse. I love how Prue's like, you, you stand back, Bo. I'm going to take care of this. Non-interference. So. Also, like, Prue knows how to ride a horse. And shoot from a horse. Yeah, she, she shot him off the horse. Then she shoots him in what looks like the chest. But he's okay enough to just walk to the to the sheriff's office or whatever okay no no i so i think she shot him and missed and that caused the horse to buck and throw him and then she shot and it you're right that it looks like the chest but he grabs his shoulder so it she shot him in the shoulder then she telekinetically throws him through a window and she's like well he's not gonna be bothering you anymore i mean she throws people through windows all the time. I think he's probably dead. I guess. I mean, in reality, he would be. But I feel like people get thrown around a lot on the show. Mm. I mean, also, he was shot. Yeah, I guess. But... In the saloon, Cole is fighting with one of Sutton's minions, and he runs out of bullets, and he's like, Oh, wait, I'll just throw a flame at him. Just as Prue walks in and is like, I knew you were a demon. Yeah, she uh, she comes in as Cole's laughing at the man's burning corpse. He's like, "Oh, wow." Yeah, you're you're right. It's not just that he used his fire to burn someone to death, but also that he was enjoying, enjoying it. it. Yeah, that guy was a creep. He was the creepy minion. Yeah, but it, I guess it's like it's okay to kill to kill Sutter if you feel bad about it. I mean, 
She didn't, though. It's okay if you're not actively tickled by it, I guess. Because, yeah, she has the once a demon, always a demon line. And Cole's like, do you want to go back or not? And apparently they changed before coming back. Yep, yep, and they shimmer back to the present, and Cole has his arm around Prue, like, hey, Prue's my buddy, and she's just so irritated, she tosses his arm off, it's pretty great. Seriously, I love the dynamic they have throughout this whole episode, it's awesome. And then Piper's like, okay, now can we have my rehearsal dinner, please? The thing that matters? Well, Victor asks, so, did they just reincorporate into history, or Prue's, or, or what? And Prue's like, no, they created a separate timeline that'll just keep going from that point and create a just alternate reality with a completely alternate history. And Victor's like, oh, okay. Which, I appreciate them throwing it in, but it seems like a weird question for Victor to ask. No, it's absolutely the question I would ask. Because if they've been in a time loop, that means that they haven't been affecting any time from after 1873. So what happened when all these people who didn't exist after that all of a sudden exists, there's going to be so much ripple effect across history. So, no, I would have needed to know that. Plus, Prue definitely killed a few guys. Yeah, that too. Like, that would probably... I know butterfly effect, but that would probably affect things some. Totally. Anyway, Phoebe has a My Hero moment where she kisses Cole and Prue's like, ugh. Yeah, she tells him she wants him to stay for the rehearsal dinner. And Prue tacitly gives her approval by not actively saying anything i guess that's what that is prue doesn't actively object so and that's the end of the episode i really like this episode i did too it's really enjoyable and it's like it it's kind of light relatively speaking yeah i mean phoebe's dying very dramatically but other than that it's basically a fun buddy adventure story with prue and cole and it's good they they have a lot of antagonistic chemistry Mm -hmm. also it's kind of fun to see cole as being like i'm i'm trying to be good so that means being super peppy all the time he's just upbeat he's like you know what he's he's to make another buffy reference he's spike at the end of the love is a bitch episode where he's like you know what enough sulking i'm gonna go find drew and make her love me again so much like the charmed ones we have our own power of three the first power in our pack is premonition who in this episode is was or will become famous later i believe we probably have the same one yes well as i previewed before uh it's the actor who plays Bo. Bo is played by michael gray eyes who is like killing it right now you've seen him in a lot of stuff but specifically he just had just a killer role in rutherford falls well so he actually he had a killer role in rutherford falls He's currently killing it on Fear the Walking Dead, apparently, which I don't watch, but apparently he is. And he had a movie, like an acclaimed movie last year as well. He was actually, uh, the website Film School Rejects, he was their actor of 2021. Like, they were like, Michael Gray Eyes, it is all about him. Seriously, if you haven't seen Rutherford Falls yet, you should check it out. It's really good. Yeah. So he, uh, yeah, so Michael Grayeyes, as I mentioned, is both a professor and an actor, and he talks about film history, and he is First Nation. He's uh, Plains Cree mm-hmm. uh, from Canada. He's Canadian. And uh, as I started, like, looking more and more into him, I, I looked into him a lot more than I usually do 
with our premonitions, mostly because the fact that he's talked a lot about Native representation in pop culture made me want to uh, kind of see if I could find him talking about this role, which felt kind of uncomfortable to me. And uh, Yeah, again, it's not like the worst but it's got some issues yeah and he talked about those issues like i said in that keynote i mentioned where he was like yeah the kind of like the stilted stereotypical speech pattern thing happening and not that i not that i begrudge him taking the roles that he needed to take at the time yeah in fact i i found in an interview that at this time in his life he was like literally a starving artist and he said he couldn't afford to cut his hair but it worked out because he got all the period pieces that he needed because he had the long hair already wow yeah uh but as i looked as i was reading more and more interviews with him and stuff i'm like this guy is a badass i'm like i have such a i have such a i i already loved him on rutherford falls it's amazing but i have an even deeper appreciation of him now so just throwing that out there so I believe that will take us to our second segment, Time Freeze. What specifically dated this episode for you? Well, to continue on a theme, I feel like this uh, weird, uncomfortable, stereotypical Native uh, portrayal was kind of dated. It's what dated the episode. Yeah, I mean, I mostly associate it with 90s movies. I feel like it was a big thing in the 90s. Yeah. But, uh... The early 2000s were still kind of the 90s. and Yeah. yeah. Although mine specifically was Victor's car, because that was a very popular car in the 90s, or at least where I grew up. And I believe that will take us to our last segment, uh, telekinesis. What, if anything, genuinely moved you this episode? Uh, Phoebe saying that Cole was going to save her because he loved her as much as she loved him. Okay, I, I, I do appreciate that. It's a really, really good emotional beat. Honestly, my thing was just, it was just Prue and Cole's dynamic throughout the whole episode. I know telekinesis is generally for something which, you know, moves you emotionally, but God, I just, I love that dynamic so much. Yeah, I I did like them together. It was pretty good. So uh, our next episode is going to be Just Harried. And yes, the description from Peacock is... Prue's uncontrollable dreams ruin Piper's hope for a peaceful wedding. Yeah, it's the one where Prue's astral self goes out and has sex with a biker dude who then busts up Piper's wedding by driving it in a motorcycle. You know, I suspect this episode's going to be amazing, too. All right, so I think that'll about do it. Yeah, I think that'll do it for this week. Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of our supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Mara Cruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, and Dan. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show, you should join our Facebook group, Welcome to Television. We can also be contacted at I Love TV Zines on Twitter, or at I Love Television Zines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to Hallowell Manor. Thank you.